Boy, there's freedom in the name of Jesus. There's freedom at the foot of the cross. And as we were worshiping today, I just felt the Lord was just reminding us of the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. We have freedom from our sin. Well, how can we have freedom from our sin? Because when Christ Jesus went to the cross, he bore all of our sin on the cross. And when he was nailed to that cross, all of our sin, because it was upon him, was nailed to the cross as well. And so we are free in Jesus. And the scripture says, let's pull up that scripture. He whom the Son sets free is what? Free indeed. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Who is the Son? Jesus. And so we are free because of what Jesus Christ did. No longer are we bound to the sacrifice in the old days of bulls and goats and the things like that to make up for and atone for our sin. The blood of Christ Jesus was the sacrifice once for all, the Bible says. And so because he gave that supreme sacrifice, he was the Lamb of God, he is called now, because he was that sacrifice. Now there's a few things to notice about the sacrifice that are just so very important. It has to be a firstborn, okay? The sacrifice has to be a firstborn, and it has to be spotless, okay? And think about Jesus. Jesus was the firstborn of God the Father, and he was spotless. He was sinless. And because he was those things, he met the criteria for a sacrifice. And because he gave himself once for all, no longer are we required to, uh, to sacrifice the blood of bulls and goats and things like that because the blood of Jesus paid the price one time for everybody. Amen. And so that leaves the ball in our, car, in our court, as it were, and it waits for a response from us, right? And so though Jesus gave himself as the supreme sacrifice, he is the atonement for our sin. No longer does our sin exist because we are in Christ Jesus. So, that, so there are some criteria, some prerequisites that give us access to those things, to that freedom, to that uh, atonement. And that is what is our response to the cross. What is our response to what Jesus Christ did on the cross? Right? And very simply, will we, will we receive him or will we reject him? Right? So we have the opportunity to say, no thank you, God, I'll do it myself. Have you ever heard people say, I've got my own religion? Yeah? Where'd that come from? You just make it up somewhere? Did you just piece it together from different things that you want to put together? And here's my religion. Well, I can make up my own laws. I can say... 
in a 30 mile an hour speed limit, I don't like that speed limit. I want to do 55 in that 30 mile an hour speed limit. Okay? And so that's the law I'm going to abide by. And so when and if I get pulled over by a police officer and he says to me, Sir, why were you doing 55 in a 30 mile an hour speed zone? And I can say to him, Well, I've got my own laws. And what do you think he's going to say? Nice try. Nice try. Right? Now, so just because we think we can create our own religion does not change the statutes that God has laid down. Okay? God's word is the same. It doesn't change. He doesn't change from a hundred years ago till today. We've got well, I got to read. I got to go back to school and learn uh, the Bible because God changed His minds on a few things. So I got to go back and relearn the Bible. No, God's word is consistent. It doesn't change. Okay, and so God's word is our map in a sense. God's word is our guide, and in Psalm one nineteen. It says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You see, God's word is the map that we can follow. God's word is a guide. God's word is a light to our path. Are there any hikers in here? Any people that like to hike or, you know, uh, take walks and things like that and hike around? All right. Now, if you're Let's say that you're out at Letchworth or um, some different place like that, and you're traveling in a place maybe that you haven't traveled before. Well, it sure helps to have a map, doesn't it? All right, some sort of guide that says, this is where you can start, and it goes along here, and then you end up here, and this sort of thing. Well, God's Word does that. How many of you have been on vacation before? Maybe to a place that you've never been. Okay, hence the reason for vacation, right? <clears throat> and so we, we go on vacation, and many times some of us still use the old school maps. Mr. Wakeman, he, man, he's a master at those things. He's a master. Well, many of us nowadays will use the GPS, um, or our phones even have GPS on them. And so we'll just follow uh, the prompts that the funny-sounding lady will give us in 100 feet, turn right onto Laramore Avenue, right? Or sometimes we'll hear recalculating, right? We've talked about this before. But God's Word is, in a sense, our GPS. It keeps us going where we need to go. God's Word is our guide. It is what illuminates the path that we are to follow. Now, if we are aware and understand and um, are familiar with God's word, then we can follow it. But if we are not aware or understand or have heard God's word even, then how are we to follow it? Okay? It's difficult and so, hence the reason that we are to follow God's Word. We are to read it, right? 
Now listen, there are so many different ways to get the Word of God in our minds and in our hearts and in our spirits, okay? And I know as a young man, and sometimes even at my young age right now, I still have a hard time sitting down and just stopping everything and just reading. Right, my, I just, my body just wants to keep moving. I get fidgety sometimes, and I get it. I get it, okay? But there are so many different ways to get the Word of God in, right? Okay? You can eat at a restaurant. You can eat at home. You can eat many different locations, but you still gotta eat, If you don't eat, you're not taking nourishment into your body and your body begins to break down. Okay? When you don't have food, now I'm no doctor or no nurse and I I know that we have a number of medical people here, so don't, don't string me up. But from what I understand, when we don't take nourishment for a long period of time, then our bodies begin to eat the muscles, all right? And so our bodies begin to eat those muscles, and so we're kind of, our our bodies are like consuming ourselves, okay? And that's really, really dangerous. But without the Word of God, our spirits are not going to grow. Our spirit is going to remain immature. Our spirit is going to remain infantile, as a babe, so to speak. And Paul references these things, and he says, he talks about it as milk, all right? Now, a baby, or even a toddler, will require, they like their bottle, they like milk, okay? And that's what they are uh, born to do. They're born to, to take that liquid from their mother or a bottle or something, and that's how they get their nourishment. Okay, but as the child grows up, they're able to take um, a little bit more solid foods. Now, when my kids were young, we would have um, we would have a mixture of, say, formula and the baby cereal, and so it was. And then you had to kind of snip the end of the the bottle nipple so it would kind of come through there a little bit. But it was like thick and sip they would they would call it. All right, and so it was not just liquid. Because the baby at this point was requiring more, was getting hungry more often, so we had to put something else in there so it would kind of stick with the baby a little bit, all right? And then from that, they would take maybe some uh, stage one baby food, okay? Some very soft um, baby food, and um, they would be able to uh, digest those things. And then after a little while being on the baby food, they would go to a next stage baby food, which is a little bit thicker and and things like that. Some of you are going through these things right now with your children, all right? Uh, But that's kind of the progression that it goes. And and then after a while, the baby can maybe take some uh, adult food that's chopped up real small or something like that, okay? And then after some time, the baby is able to digest and and chew and swallow those things. And then pretty soon, the child is able to take just regular food. Okay? But there is a progression. And the progression is no different in the kingdom of God, in our faith. 
When we first come to Christ, when we first accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, all right, we are babes, as it were, in Christ, okay? And so we are only able to take milk, in a sense. We're only able to handle a certain amount of the Word or, or teaching, if you, if you will. And we're only able to absorb a certain amount, all right? So, so the teaching has to be kind of kept, in a sense, fairly simple, all right? And then as the person grows in their faith, their faith becomes a little stronger. They're able to digest a little bit more teaching. They're able to understand things at a different level, okay? And so now that babe in Christ is, is maybe taking some milk and, and maybe now some milk and a little bit of cereal mixed with it, you know, baby cereal or something like that. And their faith, they're able to absorb those things and to digest them and understand them, okay? And then after a while, that person begins to understand a little bit more about the Word of God, and they're able to take some uh, maybe a little bit more in-depth teaching, and they're getting more out of the Sunday services. And they're understanding the importance of prayer and dedication to it. Do you follow? And then as that Christian begins to grow, the new believer begins to grow, little by little, they are able to receive and understand more about the Word of God and what God expects of us as Christians, okay? And how God expects us to worship and Him and to how he expects us to live our lives, right? And pretty soon we're able to um, digest mature adult spiritual food. Do you understand? Okay. And so in the kingdom of God, there is a progression from a babe in Christ to an adult or a mature Christian. And God's God's will for us, God's desire is for us all to eventually get to that place, to where we are mature, and as the, as the word says, lacking nothing, all right? God wants us to be well-rounded Christians, well-rounded believers in Christ, all right? So that our, our doctrine, what we believe, our theology, our, our belief about God is correct, and we understand what we believe, why we believe it, okay? And so teaching is, is really important in our faith. If we're not taking in the Word of God in some way, shape, or form, then our spiritual bodies, if you will, are lacking nourishment, now, I started to say there's many different ways to take in the Word of God. We can listen to uh, recordings of it. Um, we can watch videos of it. There's um, different programs on TV where we can hear the Word of God and take it in, and different things like that, okay? But either way, it's important that we get this in this, yeah? We got to get this in here. That's really important. Now, without it, if we don't have... This is totally not what I had planned for today. <clears throat> Sometimes the Holy Spirit does that, doesn't it? Now, if we 
are not able, if we don't make a point in getting our spiritual food, then we are lacking nourishment and we're not going to grow. Okay? Now, in Galatians, well, wait a minute. The fruit of the Spirit, does anybody remember them? Love. Elaine, go ahead. Yes, she whips those off just like a Sunday school teacher, like she has been for so long. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and the favorite of everyone, self-control. Did I forget faithfulness? All right. Sometimes I go too fast for myself. Faithfulness. So these are all things that God wants us to produce in our lives. Okay? Now, all, <laughs> all of these things are so very important in the lives of believers. And God lists these things. He wants us to be gradually little more and little more attaining these things. And when people look at us, they should be able to see these things in our lives. Are we always in people's faces or is there gentleness shown? Are we always... Um, impatient and wanting things right now. I know none of you are like that, but are, are we patient? Yeah? What a, that's self-control one. Boy, that's a, that's a bugger, isn't it? Yeah. Self-control. How many of you on a daily basis, if you watch the news, you can see a whole lot of people that got very little self-control? Yeah? <clears throat> Maybe your husband... No, let's not go there. But you can see on the news, you can, you can see it all over the place. People lack self-control. They're not willing to hear what somebody else got to say. They don't want to hear it. All they want is to tell you what they want to say and what they believe. And that's right. There is no common ground. It's this or it's this. And if you don't believe what I believe, I'll pray that God shows you. <laughs> okay? But God wants us to become mature. God wants us to get to a place where we are lacking nothing, where these things are evident in our lives. Okay? And without them, we are still infantile. We are still babes in Christ. Okay? And we're still only able to take milk. We're still only able to have that bottle. Have you ever seen a child that is four and five years old and what do they still got? They still got their bottle and a binky. Whatever you want to pacify or whatever you want to call it. We always called it binky. All right. We had to have several binkies because our kids would lose them all the time. And then if you didn't have that binky, you're in trouble. Okay. Church was not going to be pleasant. Okay. And so on. Going out to eat. Oh, boy, that was a bugger. <laughs> Trying to keep... I'll never forget, just an aside. <clears throat> Remind me where I was. Basket factory. Anybody ever been to the basket factory up here? Okay. You go out the back door, and what's there? Canal is right there. And there's a few docks that boats would pull up, and you can eat right at the basket factory. Well, years ago, when my son Devin um, was just a little baby... 
I was holding him. We had a little bit of a wait to where we could eat. And so we're outside just kind of chilling. It was beautiful outside. So I walk out on this dock. Yeah, I didn't listen to my wife, (laughs) which happens, believe it, more than you would think. So I'm walking out on this dock. My boy, Devin, I've got him in my arms, and he's got his bottle, and we're just watching the water and how beautiful that was. And and, um, Jody is back a ways on the other part of the dock, so I was kind of out into the water. And next thing I know, Devin's holding up his bottle, like looking at this, and he looks at the water, and he goes, there goes his bottle. And then he starts crying. We had no other bottle, and I couldn't get that thing for the life of me. So we had to leave and go buy a bottle and then find some other place to eat. Where I was going with that, I had no agenda there. Binky. Binky. So have you ever seen a child that is too old to be having a bottle, right? That child is dependent on that bottle and has to have it as a comfort. And, you know, sometimes it's difficult to get those bottles away. It always is. All right? Sometimes you can do it in stages or limit the times when the child is allowed to have the bottle, maybe just before bed or just after a meal or something like this, you know, and, but it's not able to carry, the child's not able to carry that bottle around all the time because they get so attached to it, all right? And so somehow, some way, you've got to withhold that bottle and then reward the child at certain times during the day. And so little by little, you're, you're beginning to have that child depend on more solid food, Okay? That's the intent. That's the goal. So the child is not so dependent on the bottle. All right? And we as Christians, we as believers, we come to Christ. We are babes in Christ. And little by little, we are able to receive solid food. Now, what does solid food represent in Christ, in the kingdom of God? Solid food represents deeper teaching understanding in the Word of God, and so on and so forth. Okay? So at first, we're not, we get a few things here and there when we just come to Christ. We understand a little bit of things, but a lot of things just kind of go over our heads. But as we grow in Christ, as we stick around in the body, and as we assemble together, and we meet together on such occasions as Sunday morning, to be one, okay, one of many, we begin to absorb some of these things. We can understand them a little bit better and we can apply them to our lives and our spirits begin to grow. And little by little, those um, fruits of the Spirit begin to show up in our lives. We begin to understand, well, the way that I was living before is really not acceptable. Some of the things that I was doing before are really not acceptable for a believer in Christ Jesus. All right, And so little by little, I begin to address those things because I don't want to live that way anymore. I want to live my life for Christ. And so if I know because I've understood the Word of God that so- certain things are not acceptable for a believer, then I'm going to be- begin to leave those things aside, just like a child will leave a bottle aside. And I'm going to take on spiritual, solid food. 
And I'm going to begin to grow more and more. And the fruits of the Spirit are going to become more and more evident in my life. And there may even come a time to where I become one that is now teaching someone else. Okay? Because I have not that... And Paul even says this. He says, not that I have already attained all of these things. All right? Not that he has already arrived in a sense. Not that he is already perfect and doesn't need to learn anymore. But he says, not that I have already attained all these things, but this one thing that I do, he says, putting the past behind, I strain forward to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And so Paul is saying if you could break it down, if we can even show that scripture, that he, he's leaving all the other stuff behind in order to follow Christ because Christ is so valuable. And there's a scripture also that says that there's a man that found a treasure in a field. All right? And so he didn't have enough money to buy the field, with the treasure in it. So he went and he did what? He sold everything that he had to get this field. Why? Because that treasure was in that field. And he wanted the treasure. And he knew that treasure was very, very uh, valuable. And so Jesus is painting the picture here that the, the kingdom of God and finding Christ and finding salvation is that treasure in the field. And so we're, when we find something like that, it's just, just worth so much more than anything else. We, we're willing to trade everything else to get that salvation, to find relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords because it's so valuable. It's worth more than anything else, just like the buyer of that field. Yeah? And so Paul says, not that I have already attained all these things, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I want to follow Christ because there's a plan that he has for my life. I want to follow Christ because of what he did for me. I want to follow Christ because of the sacrifice that he paid for me even though I was still a sinner. Yeah? Let's read the scripture together. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have already taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That ought to make somebody happy. <laughs> any of you watching uh, any of the uh, Winter Olympics? No? Some, well, some of you are, yeah. We always like to watch some of the things, you know. Um, but those people have given everything, sacrificed everything to win what? The medal. That gold to represent their country amongst all of the world's nations to win gold. Yeah. 
And Paul is saying that very thing. I have set everything else aside because Christ is so valuable. Christ changes everything. Christ gives you hope. Christ gives you fulfillment. Christ gives you purpose. Purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you hope in a future. Not, I don't want to harm you. I'm not looking to harm you. I want to bless you. Yeah? God has plans for you. God wants to bless you. God wants to give you a life of freedom. Many people that come to Christ and they, they're worried about what they got to give up. I want to tell you from a personal experience, and there's many here that can tell you this very thing. When you come to Christ, it's not about what you're giving up. It's about what you are gaining. Because what you are gaining, just like the guy that purchased that field with the treasure in it, he gained so much that he was willing to sell everything because that treasure was just so much. And that's exactly the way it is in the kingdom of God. When you find the truth of who God is, nothing else matters. Nothing else comes close to the value of knowing Christ. God wants to bless you. God wants to give you hope in a future. God wants to give you purpose in your life. It's not about taking stuff away from you. It's not like God is the big, forgive the uh, analogy here, but God's not a big fun sucker. He doesn't want to suck all the fun out of your lives. That's not what he's looking to do. Okay? God wants to bless you. God wants to give you hope. God wants to give you a purpose. God wants to give you a future. And if you continue in the way that you are living, you're not going to have that. All right? The Bible says in Proverbs that there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to what? Destruction. All right? So we can follow our own path and say, this I think is the way to go. I've got my own religion. This is the way I think I should go. This is the way I'm going. I don't want to follow that stuff. Okay? There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end there is destruction, the Bible says. So we can follow our own plans as much as we want, but it's going to end up in destruction. Okay? And so God wants you to have freedom. God wants you to have joy, unspeakable joy. Even in the midst of difficulty, you can still have joy. Hallelujah. In this life, the Bible says, you will have trouble. You will have trouble in this life. That's just the way it is. But that scripture goes on to say that God will deliver us out of them all. Out of them all, God will deliver us. God loves you more than anything. Romans says that God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
That really says something. While we were still sinners. Well, you mean to tell me that it wasn't because I cleaned up my life and I started going to church? No. While we were still dirty, while we were still stinky in our sin, Christ Jesus died for us. Why would Christ do that? Because of his great love for you and for me. For you and for me. That's what it's all about. At every corner and turn and fork in the road in our lives, God is looking to have relationship with us. Do you know that? God wants to have a relationship with you. That just baffles me. And David in the scriptures and Psalms says, who is man that you are mindful of him? Right? And he's thinking, I'm just this small person. You are the creator of the universe. You created me. Why, why am I so important to you? Who am, I'm nothing. Why do you love me? Sometimes I feel like that. I'm not perfect. I'm, I don't measure up to, to your standards. The Bible says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us has fallen short. Every single one of us has sinned. Thus the need for Christ Jesus to die on the cross. So why would the Son of God Choose to die the death of a criminal for someone that didn't know him, for someone that rejected him. Why would God do that? Because of his great, unconditional, merciful, graceful love for you and for me. That's why God loves you. And it's, it's just so simple. Back when I was just a little kid, <clears throat> we used to sing a song. Maybe you know it. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but... He is strong, yes. Yes, Jesus loves me, oh yes. Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me. Why? The Bible tells me so. That's how simple it is. That's how simple it is. God wants for you to go from babes in Christ to mature people, believers, able to take solid spiritual food. Let's close in prayer today. Father, we come before you today. Lord, we thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for leading us by your spirit here today. Lord, I pray for each and every person that is here today. Lord, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. I pray that they would come to a place, if they haven't already, to where they would know you. 
and that they would choose you and believe in you and receive you as their Lord and their Savior. And I pray that you would put in them a passion for the things of God. I pray that you would put in them a desire to walk in obedience to you. Be with us now, Lord, as we close and we go our separate ways and you would be with us. And Father, may we represent you well to this world. May we be a light to those in the darkness. May we shine a beacon as a lighthouse into stormy seas that would show people the way home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.